chapter 22. I started with an introduction last week. I felt God was put on my heart. Well, God did put on my heart for uh, two weeks about uh, the importance of studying the prayers that Paul prayed. And there's about 15 prayers that he wrote. And uh, we did a whole study on that last Wednesday. If you weren't here, you can get the CD. But um, as I was meditating on that, the Lord reminded me of this scripture that you're turning to now, Job chapter 22. And uh, I believe this will uh, be a, a blessing for you. Because how many of you know that prayer brings revival, prayer brings power? Prayer is the most powerful force that we have. And so many times, it, it's the force and the power of God that we don't use. You know what, what I've, I've heard? I've heard that those people in, in, in California and Arizona and all that, they'll go spend $1,500 an hour, a 30-minute session, of learning how to meditate. And they'll cross their legs and they'll put their fingers together and they're taught to say something like shumu or shumu, something like that. And they'll spend $1,500 to learn how to meditate. But you know what? It's free for us. And we don't do it. We don't meditate on the Word like we're supposed to. If we spend $15, and what they do is then they're taught at this school that when you get back home, you take 30 minutes and you take your phone off the hook, you don't answer the doorbell, and you get the Word, and no, you don't get the Word of God, but you just go somewhere and you spend 30 minutes with no interruptions. And they're taught that in this $1,500 school deal. Can you imagine that if you and I would take 30 minutes every day, turn the phone off, the cell phones off, computer and TV off, we lock ourselves in a room with the Word of God and a notebook and a pen, and if we would spend 30 minutes of just meditating before the Lord, not, not that worldly meditation, but just entering into the Spirit, reading the Word of God. Can you imagine? The Bible says in Joshua 1 what would happen. Every place we walk, we'd, we'd gain. We'd make our way successful. Would be blessed. And so I want to just throw that out at you because prayer is the means of revival. I mean, you know, prayer gives you strength. Amen. It gives you strength and it maintains you in perfect peace. But in Job chapter 22, I want to give you something here. In verse 27, Job chapter 22, verse 27 Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him. And he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy ways. Uh, let's see, the other, there's another translation that says, you will, uh, you will pray to him, and he will hear you, and you will pay your vows. But the Amplified Bible says, thou shalt make thy prayer unto him. Look at that per first part underlined. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him. Underline that word make. I want to give you the definition of that word make. You shall make your prayers unto him. Now I want to give you something here. That word make means to compose, to construct, and to design. To compose, to construct, and design. Can you imagine well, what this is saying right here? You shall make your prayers unto God. And we think, oh yeah, you're supposed to pray. But when you take the Hebrew word, it says you construct a prayer. 
for what you're needing right now. You compose a prayer like you would compose a song. You construct a prayer like you would construct a building. You write it out. You lay it out. You find the Scriptures that you need. Church, this is a huge revelation. People, Some people say, oh, I don't believe in praying those prayers that are written out. Listen, somebody constructed a prayer and now they're selling them in a book uh, on how to make these prayers. But, but can you imagine that if you would get your Bible and your concordance and you would take the time to construct, to compose a prayer for your need and you go through all the trouble and, and, and research and finding the right Scriptures about your specific need and you construct a prayer for your child, you construct a prayer for your marriage, you construct and compose a prayer for your children, you construct and compose and design a prayer for your health, for your bones, for your nerves. You construct, compose, and build a prayer for your finances. Construct, compose, and build a prayer for wisdom. And you get all these scriptures on wisdom and gaining wisdom and knowledge. You construct it. You make your prayer, and then you pray it to God. You pray His Word back to Him. And these prayers that we're going to be talking about, Paul got by revelation of the Spirit of God, and he made his prayers unto God, these 15 prayers, he made these prayers unto God, and they're constructed so you and I can take these prayers, we can study them, and we can construct around them or with them or use them as powerful forces to God. Amen, church. Is this good? We can go ahead and go eat a hot dog right now. I think this is good. Thou shalt make thy prayer. Compose it. Construct it. Design it. You know, they talk about how Beethoven would construct his songs and go through all that work. And his songs are still being played today. Well, Paul's prayers are still being prayed today. And I have a book of my mother's prayers. Because my mom just wouldn't pray, she would write her prayers out. And I have, I have more than one. i got a number of books. And it does something to me when I see her writing her prayer about me and my dad, or my dad or my brother, or about this and that and the other. And I can go back, and those prayers my mother constructed are still there for me to read today. Can you imagine if you'd leave that for your kids? Amen? Hallelujah. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 11. Construct and make your prayer. I think if we'd work and get some scriptures and get some meditations together and as we study these prayers on Paul, I think instead of just sometimes thank God for the Holy Spirit who helps us pray. He knows how to, he, he knows how to help us pray perfect prayers. But a lot of times we say, well, you know, I, I just don't always know how to pray. Well, how about if we get the Word of God and we compose a prayer? Now, I'm not talking about getting religious. You know, and just, you know, every prayer has to, you know, be written. You can't pray out of your heart. But, you know, when you're warring about something specific, it's good to have something, some specific stones to throw towards those giants that we're praying about. Amen? Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, I'm just giving you a few nuggets, and I won't even get to the uh, Paul's prayer tonight. I'm just going to give you a few nuggets. That way, everybody who thinks they're missing out tonight, I'll get it next week. But you're getting a good another you're getting introduction part two. 
This is going to be a long series with two introductions. It says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So you know you've got to have faith, right? For he that cometh, underline that word, cometh. Everybody say with me, cometh. He that cometh, you see, that's what prayer is. Prayer is coming to God. Prayer is entering into His presence. Prayer is entering into His presence, composed of His Word, to remind Him of His Word for your specific needs. For he that comes to God must. Say with me, must. Must. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. You've got to believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You must believe. When you go to pray, I want you to remember that word, must. Lord, I come before you right now, and I just give you praise that I come before you, and it, it is necessary, it is with my utmost heart that my prayer must be effective, and that I must believe that you hear me when I pray. Because if I know that you hear me when I pray, then I know that you will reward me openly, even as I come to seek you in your presence. I believe that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I believe that you are Daniel's ancient of times. I believe that you are the visionary, the one who gave Abraham the vision of that which seemed totally impossible and out of mind. It, it came to fulfillment because you're the God of the impossible. And you are just telling us right now to believe in you and trust you. So, Lord, I've got to come before you. And even though in my mind I don't understand some things, but I believe that you're going to give me the wisdom and the knowledge and even the discerning on how to walk through this. And, Father, I may not understand the changing of my child, but I know that that child was dedicated to you. So I believe that you are going to reward me by moving the obstacles out of my child's life and allowing him to come up and live the life he's supposed to live in Jesus' name. Well, I tell you, I mean, there, there's, I don't know if my kids are going through something, but that was good. May I pray to over your kids? You must believe. It says you must believe that he is a rewarder. And what I'm praying for is going to be my reward. What you're praying and believing God for, the prayer you're making to God, make thy prayer unto the Lord. The prayer you're making unto God, that, that prayer is going to be your reward. That's going to be seen uh, publicly. Amen, as it says there. He will reward, uh, he'll be a reward of them that diligently seek Him. Now look at 1 John chapter 5. Praise God for prayer. We need to do it more. We need to do it more. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Make thy prayer. Make thy prayer. Compose it. 1 John 5, 14. Why should we pray? 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence. Say that word with me, confidence. And this is the confidence. Wow. This is the confidence that we have in Him. How many of you have ever seen a documentary of mountain climbing? They will take... There's these mountains where you have to hire a guide. And the most dangerous time is coming down. And before they let you come down, let's say I'm the mountain uh, guide and you're the man, the American with all the money who wants to climb the mountain. Your life is in my hands going up, and your life is in my hands going down. And what they will do is they will take a rope, and they will put this rope on you, but then they will double wrap it and hitch it around your waist. And they'll look at you and they'll say, 
Not if you fall, but when you fall. This won't hurt you as bad by double wrapping you in this rope. You're going to fall, because every tourist does. But I've got you double wrapped, so that when you hit the end of the rope, it won't snap you and it won't hurt as bad. But don't worry, I've never lost one yet. And so they double wrap you, and you know there's only one way down. And your life is in His hands. In my, his life is in my hands. So I'm double wrapping you. And when you hit the end of that rope, I will have you. And then I'm going to pull you back up. How many know He's got to have confidence to get down that mountain? That He's going to get down there He's not going to fall and die. The Word of God says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. Come on, church. That I have been double wrapped by the One who loved me so much He gave His life for me. And when I fall, even though I fall seven times, He's going to be there to pick me up. In fact, the Word of God says that He is an anchor. He is an anchor. That I can fall, but He's not going to let me fall all the way. He's going to hold on to me, and He's going to bring me back up. Praise God. Amen. Amen. This is the confidence that my God is the God, and He is the only God. And I believe that my God, this is the confidence that He's a rewarder. And this is the confidence that He is the God of the impossible. And this is the confidence that He's the God who hears my prayers. Because it goes on to say, and it says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will or His word, He hears us. His ear is tied to my heart like that man's body is tied to his his, uh, mountain guide. God's ears are tied to my heart. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. My, can you just raise your hands and praise God for that right now? That is such a powerful portion of Scripture. Thank God that if we know that He hears us, if we know that He'll never leave us or forsake us, then we can take confidence tonight Beside the circumstances and besides the situations and looking beyond that. Oh, hallelujah. If I could go ahead and just believe and trust. I must believe. I must have confidence that you've heard us and you're hearing us. And you're hearing everyone right here tonight, Father. That this is the confidence that if we believe you hear us, then you will give us the petitions and desires of our heart. Amen. You receive that? That's good, huh? That's good. That's good. You know, some Christians, and and it can be very discouraging what you see and what you hear on the news. But I tell you what's going to happen to the media that they don't know what's getting ready to happen. They're getting ready to stir something up in the church to where we're going to become desperate to see changes. I am seeing a desperate world. And desperate people. I'm seeing desperate nurses who are tired of abortion. The way that they are killing those babies through their brains and their heads. I'm seeing on TV something that's making me desperate to pray and to God that He sends revival and changes things in this land before it's too late. I'm getting desperate over the needs of people. 
I feel the church is getting ready to get more and more desperate. Instead of getting more and more down about it, I believe we're going to get more and more desperate for the need to make our prayers unto God, knowing that He's a rewarder if we pray, and that He's going to reward us because people desperately need change. Marriages and children need desperate changes. And the Word of God says that prayer is what does the change. So if prayer is what's going to do the change, then i got to get to it. Amen. Desperately, people need God's anointing, His power, needs the Holy Spirit, needs faith that is effective in all it's working to do its changes and to work perfectly. So what I believe God is calling us to do is to spend a life, a life of prayer, that prayer that changes things. Amen? Now, just as part of my introduction, quickly right here, we're going to be studying, and we won't start tonight, but we're going to be studying Paul's prayer to Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 1. And I know you all know that prayer very well. That the Lord gives us the spirit of wisdom and understanding and lightning of our eyes. We're going to study that prayer as much as I believe is one of the most powerful prayers. But there's something that I'm going to just give you tonight in the introduction. Ephesus was the most successful church of all the churches of Paul. And it was his third to last letter to write. But it was the church that didn't only see the most miracles out of all the other of Paul's churches. It's the church that matured the most out of all the other churches. And I said, Lord, I, I said, that's what we want in our church. And if Paul got a revelation, which he did, to pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may comprehend, that you may know. If Paul got a revelation that that prayer is the prayer that was needed, that he wrote from a dungeon in standing waist deep in sewage with chains on his hands and given a light one hour a day. If he found it so necessary to pray that prayer for the churches and that that church had more miracles than any other church and that church had, had more maturity than any other church, if we all get busy praying that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, I believe that we can mature, we can grow, and we can start seeing more signs and wonders than any other church. You can read, and you can read this in Acts chapter 19. It happened to be the church of Ephesus. It happened to be in Ephesus where they would bring handkerchiefs and aprons to Paul. And it says that Paul would pray. Say pray. Paul would pray over the handkerchiefs and the aprons. And y'all know we do that here because we've got people come ask for handkerchiefs all the time. He would pray over handkerchiefs and, and aprons in Ephesus. And the anointing of God was so strong that the anointing of God would stay in every fabric that made up every fiber of that handkerchief, every fiber of those aprons. The Spirit of God would stay in every fiber of the handkerchiefs and every fiber of the apron. And whenever those handkerchiefs would get to the demon-possessed, the Word of God says they would get free. And when those aprons and those handkerchiefs would get to the sick, they would get healed. And whatever need they had, when the anointing in the fibers of that fabric would touch whatever need, spirit, soul, mind, or body that they had, they would get free. And that happened in Ephesus. And I believe it was because of those prayers Paul's prayed. Paul prayed prayers, yeah. Amen. Are you getting kind of excited about praying these prayers? Amen. God's healing and delivering power in those prayers. So, we've got five minutes left because I'll finish at 15 to 8. How's that? Is that okay? 15 to 8. I mean, that's, that's fast. You've never got out of here that fast. 
Okay, let's go to Ephesians 1. And let me finish my introduction. Don't worry, I won't preach it. But let me finish my introduction so the next week I'll get right to the Word. I think this is good. This is better than a hot dog. Ephesians chapter 1. Yeah, but I heard there's cake too. I heard there's cake too. Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. This is good. Do y'all know that if y'all are ever interested, I taught three and a half years on Ephesians. Uh, we have 280 tapes on the book of Ephesians if you're ever interested. I love Ephesians. And I'm getting back into it. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God. He just, I've got to bless you, Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this. Who have? Some say, somebody say with me, who have? Blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many, okay, the word, I love the word. You can underline that word. It says with all, all. Underline the word all. All. You've got all you need because it says it right here. All spiritual blessings. And the word blessings means happy and prosperous. But I want you to see the word here. In heavenly places. In heavenly places. And let me just give you a nugget. That word heavenly places means it's found in heaven, but it's brought down to me through prayer. In heavenly places means it originates from heaven, but I have the opportunity to experience here on earth. Glory be to God. Amen? Hallelujah. It's found in heaven, but it's brought down to me. Verse 4. According as He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. How many know you were found in Christ before the foundation? Amen. Verse five, having predestined us, predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. You belong to him according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. I love that word accepted. I don't have to earn it. I'm accepted. Glory be to God, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. I mean, no, He's got mysteries for you and I to know. Amen? That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, both in Him, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Say, I have an inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be, say, I am, for the praise of His glory. I am for the praise of His glory. How many of you trust in Christ? Amen. In whom ye have also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of the promise. How many know that after you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of the promise, that word sealed means you were marked as redemptive possession. You are His possession. How will He not hear you when you pray, when He owns you? You belong to Him. Amen? It goes on to say... Uh, in verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption purchased possession is the praise of glory. Uh, 
Let's see. Verse 18, uh, I just wanted to look, show you this one place, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope. I want you to just write down that word, that word hope there. Because you are, uh, the reason I'm going to that scripture, because we just read that you are sealed or you are marked. That word hope means the target for what faith shoots for. You are marked already by the Holy Spirit, sealed as a redemptive possession of God. So when you pray for somebody or when you pray for yourself or your own needs, you turn like if you have a pain in your chest, your chest becomes the target that faith starts shooting for. Everybody believes in the fiery arrows of the enemy. But we need to understand that our prayers are the glorious arrows of faith that goes to the places where we need them. Amen. Because that word hope means the target that faith shoots for. It also means the goal setter, the word hope. Now, why do I need to pray? Well, let me just share this with you. How many ever worked a thermostat? I put it on 71, and that's what I want it on. I want the temperature to be 71 or 72, so that's what I put it on. Well, that's the same word hope. The thing that I desire is what I set my faith for. What I'm believing God for, it is marked. I have marked it at 71 and it's going to be 71. Everything that I don't even understand with my mind has to cooperate with that little bitty button. Because I'm marking this room to be 71 degrees. And I don't understand the coolant. I don't understand all the tubes. I don't understand all the outside unit. I don't understand the inside unit. I don't have to understand it. I just have to work the button. Well, hope is the target. And I'm not hoping to be healed. I'm setting the mark, sealing the deal that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I've said it. I don't have to know how it works. I don't have to make it work. I just have to set it in prayer. And he said he will give it to me according to the desires of my heart. Woo! Glory! And what do I have my heart set? on the things that are in heaven or my possession here on this earth. Amen. You receive that? It's the goal setter. It's the thermostat of what I desire. And that word sealed there means that we are the king's own private property. That what we pray for, we have the authority as the authorized ones of God. So when you take Ephesians 11 verse 6, that when we come to God, we must believe that He is a reward of them that diligently seek Him. So in other words... I am the authorized authority to go before God, make my petitions known, set, it on, set the promises on what I want them to be in Jesus' name. And those things that I decree, as we read in Job chapter 6, those things that I decree, Job chapter 22, I'm sorry, those things that I decree, they're set and they must come to pass in my life. Amen. Did you get something out of this tonight? This was okay for a second introduction. Amen. And look at there, I only went three minutes over. And we still got plenty of time. Well, let's stand up. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Well, this was good. Hallelujah. I got more out of this 15, 20 minutes than I've gotten out of some hours. Hallelujah. This was good.
Hallelujah. I was blessed. Were you blessed? Yeah. Hey, that, that was a good 20 minutes. Let's, let's do another 20 minutes. Yeah. They will really be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you, are, I want you to get encouraged about well, what I have to do. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. That's what brings heaven down. What's found in heaven will be found in your life. So, Father, right now I praise you for a spirit of prayer. I praise you that even as the prophet Samuel said, it is a sin if I do not pray. And, Father, I pray for a spirit of prayer in this church. And I thank you, Tuesday nights, we see so much fruit of all those who come Tuesday after Tuesday faithful to pray and intercede. Lord, and I, I thank you for those. And I thank you for those on Wednesday night and tonight, this night, and, and all nights when they come out. Because, Lord, we're seeking you. We desire you. Lord, I praise you for our praying church. I praise you that we are composing, designing, and making, and building prayers that profit. I praise you that they are setting the mark. They are setting the target. They are sealing the deal. That whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. I praise you for our people who are spending time in that living word. That is praying your word back to you. And praying your word against the enemy. And praying your word against circumstances. And praying your word is speaking against the mountains. And I praise you we are setting the temperature. We are setting the temperature for central Louisiana. I praise you that there is a revival that's boiling. I praise you that there's a move of the Spirit that is arising in our land. I praise you that there's a power of the Holy Ghost that has flown in your people and in your churches. And I praise you we shall see a move in our land. We shall see this church full. We shall see the buildings built. We shall see the youth and the children thriving. We shall see every ministry and every part of this ministry walking in unity and love by the power of the Spirit of God. And I decree and proclaim in the name of Jesus, there's not one sick, feeble, or needy among us in the name of Jesus, as it is in heaven, so it is in word of grace. Give us a praying heart. And Lord, as we get into it, give us enlightenment of eyes to see from your point of view and from your position. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We love you. We bless you. Stick around. That's why we finished early. Stick around. Have a little bit of fun. Go jump on the jumpers. And, uh...